0: Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch, where we continue the series on my 456 system for living, made up of four rituals five habits, and six life hacks. Now this is a system that I have personally lived by uh, since the age of 19 and I have coached many people over the years on this very system. It absolutely works and it will help you live consciously where you take control of your thoughts, your actions, and your feelings. And I promise you then each day becomes the dawn of a new possibility where you sleep and wake with excitement for the future and more importantly, happiness in the present. Now, you cannot stack the habits and hacks that I'm going to discuss with you in future podcasts without mastering these four rituals first. And the reason will become clear as I get through this series. Now, I started this series with episode 99 called, Is Reliance on Motivation Ruining Your Life? Where I built the case for you to live by a system for living rather than relying uh, on motivation. I made the case that living spontaneously only sets you up for failure and disappointment as you drift aimlessly, usually in the direction of your greatest weaknesses. Now, In that episode as well, episode 99, it sets up this series beautifully and there's a really great snippet there of David Goggins in that uh, podcast for all you Goggins fans and it's one not to be missed. So if you are new to this series... Please go back and listen to episode 99. Then in our 100th episode last week, I kicked off the 456 system where I took a deep dive into the first most important ritual of the day, the ritual of movement. Then in episode 101, I covered the ritual of meditation. And we are going in that order. And that's the order you should uh, follow these rituals daily. Now, I know a lot of people at this time, especially busy people, they kick into doubt mode, you know, where they think that, oh, look, I don't have the time for this, Sam. Look, I get it. Okay, if you knew how much I jam into my life, a lot of people think, how is that humanly possible? You know, I manage a law firm, I'm writing my fourth book, I produce these podcasts, and As will become apparent in this podcast, I religiously live by the eight areas of life. So I don't neglect any of those eight areas. So a lot of people I come across say, how on earth do you devote time to each of these areas daily? Well, it's through this system. I don't rely on motivation. Look, I get it. Infusing these four rituals daily is going to be difficult at first. But know this, rarely does anything good in life come easily. You need to stay committed, and I'll promise you the payoff will be incredible. Incidentally, if you missed our 100th episode, to celebrate that episode, I'm giving away a two-hour coaching session with me, and all you have to do is subscribe to our podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and email that review to my team, inquiries at a That's inquiries with an E. Now, humility aside, I do bring a very unique set of skills, experience and talents in my coaching. I'm a business strategist. I'm a legal strategist because I've been in business for over 30 years and a lawyer for 27 years. And I also give pretty much advice in all the eight areas of life. I have a degree in psychology, I've studied nutrition and preventative medicine, plus I'm a really curious listener. I have read many books over the years and interviewed a lot of amazing people on this podcast and for some reason, I just have the mind to absorb this stuff and whenever I coach people, all that knowledge that I've acquired since the age of 19 just comes to the surface and I'm able to use it at the right place at the right time. So I hope you're one of those people that wins that two-hour coaching session with me. Trust me when I say it will be a head-spinning game changer for you. Now, before I go on, I want to thank everyone that has emailed me in the last week. I know many of you have already started implementing these rituals and the techniques I have shared in the last three podcasts. I even heard from people who have lived by this system for many years who have purchased my book a higher Branch as far back as 2010. Now, I want to clarify if you're new to our community that the four five six system is a subcategory of our two main frameworks at a higher branch. The first framework is the eight areas of life, what I call the what you need to focus on in life. And the principle there is holistic living. My thesis is that if you neglect any one of these eight areas of life, one or more of these eight areas of life, then you will start to impact your health, happiness, and your performance in the areas of life that matter most to you. So you could be a workaholic and a tree of work. That area of work is where you devote 80% of your time. But my thesis is that you will start to fail in your work if you neglect the seven other areas. Likewise, there are some people who just redline in their relationship and focus all their attention just on their loving relationship with their partner and neglect their health, their friendships, their work, their wealth, their charity, their learning. And then they wonder why their relationship is going stale and why their relationship is not working out because again you are not living holistically so holistic living is the what and it's the eight areas that you need to focus on the second framework is the circle of conscious living and this is the how So if I tell you, you need to focus on these eight areas of life and not neglect any to live holistically, you'll go and try and climb higher in each of them. And then inevitably you will meet with failure, rejection, adversity, and then you'll come back to me and say, okay, I get it. That's the what, but how, how do I climb higher in each of these eight areas? And this is where our principle for conscious living, because you cannot make behavioral change if you are not conscious of your actions. And today's podcast and the ritual that I'm going to talk to you about is the best way I know how to live consciously. That second framework for conscious living is founded on the principle that humans are wired for progress, meaning we are happiest when we are growing and challenging ourselves in the eight areas of life. I mean, that is the essence of a higher branch. The name a higher branch came from that principle of reaching for that next level in your life, reaching for that next branch. In fact, when I wrote the book A Higher Branch, the spark, if you like, that started the flame for me to write the book was many years ago, where I took uh, my then six-year-old daughter to the park, and in this park there were swings, there were slippery dips, there was all these outdoor games. But as soon as my daughter got off her bike, instead of going to the swing set instead of going to the slippery dip she ran to the nearest tree and she started climbing and it was one of these big beautiful morton bay figs where the branches were so low that it was easy for a child to climb and to reach for that next branch anyway so i followed her and i said sweetie don't you want to go to the playground and she said no no daddy i want to climb the tree and i said okay so i I stood there she climbed the first branch And I'm thinking, yep, that's a decent height. (laughs) And then she was reaching for the next branch. And I'm thinking, okay, that's getting a little bit too high. And look, I've never been one to teach my kids fear. I didn't want her to be living in a state of fear. Children are fearless. But at the same time, you need to balance fearlessness with uh, recklessness. (laughs) So you don't want um, your child to fall off and hurt themselves. So I held on to her. Uh, I reached up and I climbed the branch and then... I said, okay, that's that's wonderful. So she started climbing higher. And I looked at her and I said, Sweetie, I think it's a little bit too high. So do you want to come down now? And she said, No, no, I want to I want to keep going. And I said, Why do you want to climb? And she said, I want to reach for the next higher branch. And I remember when she said that, the sense of deja vu just, you know, tunneled through my memory and I remembered myself as an eight-year-old boy back in this village in the base of Mount Lebanon where I just loved to climb fig trees. And it just reacquainted me with this feeling that I had and this sense of adventure that as humans, we love to climb to that next branch. We are explorers. And as a child, I remembered that the best fruit was on the higher branches. And that's a beautiful metaphor for life in that... Everyone who lives at the lower level where it's easy and uncomfortable and you don't have to reach, you don't have to challenge yourself, you don't have to climb, yes, it's comfortable there, but that's not where the best fruit is. And so I digress, but that's the story behind the name A Higher Branch and the name of my first book, A Higher Branch. So getting back to the 456 system, It's a tool that I use in step two of that circle of conscious living. And step two is about taking action. It is an important part of the how. Step one is focusing on your goals and your dreams. And I'll cover that in a future podcast because there's a way of focusing on your goals and your dreams. Because your goals live in the head, the dreams live in the heart. And it's that partnership between the two. So I designed this second framework and I designed the 456 system under the step 2 of action because I noticed a lot of people want to make change in their life and they get pumped up by motivation but then that motivation wanes when they wake up the next day and think the same thoughts repeat the same actions and reinforce the same feelings and of course I'm speaking with <laughs> from experience here so I designed that system originally for self and The beautiful thing about this system for taking action is that it interrupts these old patterns. So my advice to you is don't start with why. That's a trap. Start with what you want in life because it gives you clarity. Then go to the how. And the why is wrapped up in the how. It's the first step in the circle of conscious living. Now, a lot of people talk about the why as something that lights you up. And that's why it should be the important first step. But as I said, why is about motivation? It comes from the ego. Now, in a future podcast, I will cover how to leverage why, but not start with it. It's a two-step process that is really a game changer because why should not be about you. It should be about, number one, yes, how it makes you feel. But two is how does this help others? the eight areas of life anyway I digress because I'm going to cover that in a future podcast I always go off tangents on this podcast because I want to jam so much in because I come from a place of giving and sharing and I do this because I want you to live your best life using your unique gifts because I strongly believe that we are all born with a unique gift to this planet big or small and I see it as a tragedy when people do not recognize this gift and don't live to that potential. I know it sounds like a cliche, but I want you to think of it another way. And this is my lens as well. Uh, and for those of you who have read A Higher Branch, you'll know what I'm talking about. I want you to think of it this way. When you look back on your life, what advice would you give yourself? And would your future self be happy with what you are doing right now? okay. That's a beautiful lens to look at your life. Fast forward into your 90s, 100s, whatever your target date is, hold that figure in mind and then say, okay, now looking back on where I am right now, am I living to that potential? When I look back on those last 100 years, what have I achieved? What have I done? What regrets? Do you want to have regrets? You don't want to have regrets. There's a beautiful part of my podcast with David Goggins published on the 21st of February 2020. It's called How to Find Fearlessness, where he talks about when he dies and he meets uh, his maker. And his maker has a list of all of David's achievements behind him. And I won't spoil the story for you. I, I think you should go back and listen to that part of the podcast. And it's a beautiful story that. Goggins explains exactly what I'm talking about. Now let's get on to journaling. Journaling is the most important ritual out of the four rituals. So we started with motivation is crap. (laughs) Then we went on to the first ritual, the ritual of movement. Then we went to the second ritual of meditation. Now this is the third ritual in that order. But It's third in the order in which you should perform these rituals, but it is the most important. It is also the most difficult to stick with because it can be confronting when it's done right, mainly because this ritual is all about self-accountability. That's what journaling is about. Ignoring it or skipping this ritual is a big mistake because it has been really the single most important success factor in my life. Most people don't journal because they don't know how or they underestimate how beneficial it is. The other reason why people don't journal is because they wake up late and hurry to get to work on time, so they skip this ritual and the three other rituals because they don't have the time. Know this, time is the great leveler. We all have the same 24 hours in the day, so the difference between us can only be our discipline and the systems we follow. In other words, our rituals, our habits... And our hacks daily now why is journaling so important journaling is important for seven reasons number one it is a conscious conversation you have with yourself number two it helps you notice any negative self-talk number three it keeps you focused on your priorities so important in the eight areas of life number four It helps you take stock of your life so you don't drift aimlessly. Number five, it helps you notice whether you are neglecting parts of your life. Number six, it holds you accountable to the promises you make to yourself on those pages. And number seven, it helps you process and review any rejection, failures and hurt feelings that inevitably happen during the day. Now, all these seven reasons will become apparent when you start to journal properly. So the question is then, how do you journal properly? Well, I developed a unique journaling technique at the age of 19. And I'll share the story of how I developed this ritual of journaling and why it has been the single most important factor for my life success. It was one year after I went into university, I was studying law. And after one year, I started struggling with my performance. Now, during the HSC, I excelled, I got the marks I wanted to get into university. And it was the first year that they let HSC students go straight into law. Prior to that, you had to be a mature age student. In other words, you had to have a prior degree And you had to have worked in a law firm for at least three years. So that was the first year where the government wanted to reduce the unemployment rate. So they just thought, you know, shove people into university as quickly as possible. So anyway, I digress. I got into university and I was one of only two people at the age of 18 studying law. And I was surrounded by people um, who would turn up to lectures in suits. They had jobs. And frankly, I was out of my depth. So Yes, I knew how to study, but studying law with a lens of maturity, experience, is something else. So I started struggling. Anyway, with that struggle, I started working harder, studying longer hours, eating like crap, not sleeping enough, didn't exercise, neglected my friends, neglected my girlfriend. In fact, I didn't actually pursue a girlfriend after... Uh, my first breakup and i just completely redlined with my studies so in other words i effectively only focused on the tree of work my studies became my work now by neglecting all these other areas of life i noticed my energy started to dip because my life force dimmed that's the beautiful synergistic thing about these eight areas the more you focus on them holistically the higher your energy level will boost. Because energy comes from the mental and the emotional, it's not the physical. It's the mental and emotional that manifests the physical. And now I've covered this topic in previous podcasts. So long story short, I became deeply unhappy. My performance at university ironically went backwards, even though I was studying harder. And then... I went through a period where I was anxious and depressed about my studies, what I wanted to do. And I remember three days after New Year's Day, it was the 3rd of January, 1985. And I remember going for a drive in my car and I went uh, driving aimlessly. For some reason, I stopped and I went to a newsagent and I went inside and I purchased a journal a very simple journal. And I went into the car and I just sat there and I blocked out the traffic noise and I took the plastic wrapper off. And I remember fanning the pages and it felt like it was meeting a new friend. It felt like it was the start of a new beginning. And I remember taking a pen out of my glove box and I started writing in this journal and I started sketching. And That very first page in that journal was the initial sketches of the eight areas of life because I I had an epiphany and I realised that to be successful in my studies, I need to be successful in life generally. So I wrote down what I considered back then were the eight areas of life. It was a rough sketch, but it has evolved. Since then, that journal has helped me become my own life architect You know, I hear of a lot of people that hire accountability coaches. Now, my view is that you need to hold yourself accountable, and journaling is the ultimate accountability tool, because it is the conversation you need to have with yourself. It's like a mirror that's staring back at you. You can't lie to yourself when you're writing on those pages. It's impossible, right? Now, in the description to this podcast, uh, you will find a link to the template for journaling, because it is a unique journaling technique and you can use this template for any blank journal that you buy but my team at Ohio Branch designed and sourced a beautiful leather journal for our community and you'll find that on our website and uh, I love writing in that journal it's a beautiful soft leather and I have two of them now because we designed and produced this in 2020 And I started writing one, of course, in 2021. And look, I have a stack of journals dating back to 1984. And every now and then I go back and I fan those pages and it takes me back. And it's a beautiful journey. Okay. Now, just like with the rituals of movement and meditation, journaling has to be done in the morning for it to be effective. Morning in the first hour and evening in the last hour. Now, morning journaling on the template that you will find in our higher branch journal and in the link is what I call the action page. You will notice that that page is lined and it has above it the eight areas of life written in. So you write on that page, the action page, in the morning. The action page is for the mind. The right page is for your heart. And I'll talk to you about that when it comes to evening journaling. In the morning, you need to focus on your actions for the day. So it is future focused and it is lined because our mind thinks in a linear, in a structured way, whereas our heart in a non-linear abstract way. And that's why I leave that right page blank so we can not only write, but also we can doodle or we can draw <laughs> to... Describe what our feelings are. We all have a different way of connecting with our feelings. So, morning journaling is all about visualizing as you write what you need to do for the day in each of the eight areas of life. And you would have remembered in the previous podcast on meditation that you also meditate by what I call visualization meditation, what you want to happen in the eight areas of life. And that primes your heart to get excited about what you want to materialize and manifest for the day. But when you step out of meditation and into journaling, you step into your mind where your mind's reticular activation system is like a heat-guided missile that just focuses on the things that you need to do for the day to manifest those dreams. Now, if this is your first time journaling, I suggest you devote the first few pages of your journal to write your long-term goals and dreams in each of the eight areas of life. That way, the front of your journal becomes your big picture reminder to reference from time to time. So a big picture goal, for example, in the eight areas, when it comes to health, it could be uh, to lose 15 kilos or to put on some muscle or to reduce your cholesterol levels or to reduce your glucose levels, whatever it is, say in the tree of health, in the tree of love, if you're single, it could be to find a partner that ticks all your boxes, both physically, mentally and emotionally and maybe spiritually for some as well. So these are your big picture goals. So if you haven't done this before, write down your big picture goals because they're different to your day-to-day goals. Your day-to-day goals are what you need to achieve. It's, they're the stepping stones. It, it's like the big picture goals. It's like the top of the mountain, but the daily goals, and this is what the daily journaling is about, is all those little steps that you need to focus on, the next step you need to focus on. Every now and then you look up at the t- top of the mountain to see what the end goal is, but then you focus back. So I've said this before, dream big, focus small. And daily is where you focus more on the next step. So your dream could be to become a lawyer or an entrepreneur or a beautician. That's your end goal. That's your big picture goal. That's the top of the mountain. But what do you need to do tomorrow? Is, is there a course you need to enroll in? Is there an assignment you need to complete? Is there a jog you need to complete? Is there a new food that you need to start eating? And that's why the daily journaling is your accountability. A lot of people focus on the the top of the mountain, but they don't focus on the small steps. And this is what journaling does. It helps you uh, focus on the small steps. And morning journaling is what gets you focused on the actions you need to take for the day. Now nothing is too trivial or too small to write in your journal. Remember this is your journal and once it is written it can be reviewed throughout the day to see how you are tracking. Now I always keep my journal in my bag and check in throughout the day to see if I've forgotten to action anything. I don't put my journal on a phone or my laptop. It's a totally different dynamic when you handwrite. It's very personal. It's very intimate. So I highly recommend you stick to a handwritten journal. Now, I do one final check before I leave work and or stop work because at the moment we're all working from home and I do a brain dump at the end of the day. In other words, I write down my actions for the next day. Now, if I've forgotten to action something or I've ran out of time to action something, I write it on the next day's action page to get it out of my head and onto paper So I can then switch off that part of my brain that's always keeping these loose ends. And that way you can go home, socialize uh, and focus on your family and switch off for the evening, get a good night's sleep. Having all these loose ends without putting them in your journal, your morning journal, is like having multiple windows open on your computer. After a while, your computer freezes and says, I've had enough, I'm shutting down. Now, I'm going to read a few examples of daily action items from my journal, and you will notice, as I said, nothing is too trivial to write. You will also notice that there is an action item for each of the eight areas of life. So some of the things I've written in the last few days under the tree of health, I've put down a stretch for 10 minutes three times a day, Use a user stand-up desk between 8.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m buy blue light blocking glasses, fast till 1 p.m. today, have a no-protein day today, order more turmeric and ashwagandha, go to bed at 10.30 p.m., eat out in sunshine at lunchtime. So this is what I mean. Nothing is too trivial, but it's the small stuff that is important. So all these little things sound like they're very insignificant, but they make a huge difference to my health, so I write them down. The tree of Love, some of the examples, light candles tonight and read together, go for a hike together at lunchtime, cook my wife's favourite dish, uh, that was one example over the last few days. The tree of Family, play chess with my daughter, share chapter 8 of David Goggins' book with my oldest son, check in on my nephew, call mum. Again, they sound very simple but highly effective because I'm not neglecting any one of these areas of my life. the tree of work I keep a separate diary for my uh, work to do because you know what none of us have a problem (laughs) neglecting our work I guarantee it you know 99% of people I meet are absolutely brilliant at the work that they do but they um, suck at life and hey I was one of them I put my hand up I own up but I live by these rituals and it helps me become my own life architect, as I said earlier. The Tree of Friendship, recent examples. Watch the Formula One with my mates on Zoom. Call a friend to organise a run on Saturday around the bay. Help a mate with his wedding preparation. Hopefully he'll get to have his wedding uh, this year. The Tree of Learning. Listen to latest podcast of Dr. Rhonda Patrick on the COVID vaccine. Another one was research whether autophagy accelerates with high-intensity exercise. Another one was research whether coffee breaks a fast. Uh, Another one was buy the book on artificial intelligence and machine learning, something that's becoming uh, super important in my business in the tree of wealth, I put down, assess the PEXA IPO, that's P-E-X-O, so wealth is obviously, I've talked about this in previous podcasts, it's defining your wealth, step one, step two, yes, money is important, material things are important, they're just not the most important thing, but it's one of the eight areas of life, so I focus on that, I've got things here I like call my broker, Look into solar panels and reducing reliance on electricity. The tree of charity. I've written down here. helped son with setting up his new website. Spend one hour on Zoom training new recruits. Another one's write the next article for our high branch community. One recently was write cards to my World Vision sponsored children. And another example is give legal advice and business strategy to a friend who is starting a new business. Now, journaling in this way it helps you keep track of your commitment to each of the eight areas of life that I just cycled through otherwise if you're like me you will end up focusing all of your time on work or whatever your vice is for some people it's even health and fitness I know people that focus you know 90% of the day just on health and fitness and they neglect the seven other areas of life so you can It's about holistic living. It's not just about health and fitness. It's not just about your love life. It's not just about your friendships. It's not just about your work. To be a rounded human being with beautiful experiences where you look back on your life in your 90s and 100s and you say, yep, I lived a full, complete life. Now, another tip that I want to share with you is what I call the Sunday night stock take. So I do a stock take every Sunday night for the week in review. So I literally go back and read through my journal, my action pages and I look through the items that I've written down and the items that I may be forgotten to write down and the items I did not action. And this is where I'm talking about accountability. Where I have neglected any area, it's blatantly obvious as I said, what you write on that page cannot lie to you. It's a mirror. So this helps me pivot for the next week. So that Sunday night stock take for me is just as important as writing in the journal daily because, again, you need to track your performance. Uh, Most journaling techniques I've I've seen don't include that stock take component. So people will write in their journal one day and then they go to the next day and then the third day and they don't realise that, hey, they've forgotten some things that they've written. So it is a process of review and refinement, just like business. What I'm sharing with you here is life strategies and life systems because our life is just as important as our work. We have work systems, but no life systems. And journaling is a critical part of the four daily rituals that is part of the four, five, six daily life system. So let's move on to evening journaling or the right page of the journal And that is what I call the reflection page. So whilst the left page is the action page for the mind, the right page is the reflection page for your heart. It is to review and reflect on what happened during the day. So you write down a lot of things to do. You action them with courage and with love. And then obviously there's a consequence from your action. So it's a thought, it's an action After the action follows the feeling. How did you feel about that? Most of us don't stop and take stock of our feelings. So it's not just taking stock of your actions. It's taking stock of your feelings for your emotional well-being. So that's why evening journaling is best done in the last hour of the day before bed. Because this nightly ritual of journaling is useful and extremely powerful for three reasons. One is that it heals any hurt feelings, rejections, failures, disappointment that you had during the day, and we all get them, but we don't process them, we don't acknowledge them. So they linger there underneath the surface, impacting our emotions, but we're in such distraction mode watching Netflix or scrolling social media that we don't acknowledge them, we don't note them, and then process them. And that is why this is extremely powerful. Now, the second reason why nightly journaling is extremely powerful and important, because after you have processed the feelings, rejections, failures, disappointments, and acknowledge your feeling, then it's important you step into a place of gratitude where you list everything that happened in the day, That you are grateful for, because you don't just want to focus on the negative. You want to acknowledge the negative things that happened. Or when I say negative, let's not call it negative, because one person's negative is another person's neutral, or or another person's positive. Some person who feels pain after they did a workout, they see that as a positive. Someone else, and without judgment here, they see it as a negative. They think, "Oh well, I've hurt my muscles or I've injured myself," but Whichever camp that you fall into, the second reason why you need to journal is to list the things that you're grateful for, because gratitude is a safety net for your heart's feelings. Now, after you have processed, after you have acknowledged your feelings, uh, whether it's rejections, failures, or disappointments, then the nightly journaling goes to step two, and that is this is where you start listing everything that happened in the day that you should be grateful for. You don't want to just get stuck with focusing and acknowledging the negatives that happened in the day that hurt your feelings. You don't want to just focus on that. After you acknowledge that, then you need to step into gratitude because there's a lot of things that happened to us during the day that we need to be grateful for. You know, there's so much. It could be the walk that you went on, the the food that you ate, the the conversation you had with a friend or the sunshine that you got throughout the day or the new client that you just got or the money you just made from your latest activity or task. List everything that you should be grateful for. Now, thirdly, after you've listed everything that you're grateful for that happened during the day, this is an area that is often forgotten by a lot of people who journal. Yes, gratitude is super super powerful but you know what's more powerful listing your achievements for the day we often forget how much we actually achieve in life generally and on a daily basis we live at a time where we are so hard on ourselves we do more in one year than our ancestors did in 10 years which is crazy so a very powerful nightly daily ritual when it comes to journaling, is listing your achievements for the day, whether it's the meetings that you attended, or the emails you wrote, or the meal that you cooked, or the walk that you went on, or the push-up that you did, or the friend that you called, or the family member that you helped. These are all achievements, and we need to remind ourselves of these achievements. And the best way to do that is through that nightly journaling. As I said, journaling in the first hour which is the hour of power and journaling in the last hour what I call the holy hour where you get in touch with your feelings and it's a reflection on the day that was where you process everything show gratitude acknowledge all your achievements and I promise you once you do that you will feel a sense of calm and you will close that journal with a smile knowing that you are in touch with your thoughts, with your actions, and with your feelings on a daily basis. And the most important part of that nightly ritual is processing your feelings. Because the worst thing you can do with hurt feelings is to to deny them and sweep them under the metaphorical carpet of your subconscious, only for them to manifest in headaches, poor sleep, irritability, You know, you cannot hide from your feelings, but if you confront them head on in your journal, then you will neutralize them because you need to feel to heal. So a couple examples is, did someone reject you today? How did that make you feel? You know, when I say someone reject you, I mean, it could have been a client. It could have been a friend, didn't call you back. Could be your own partner who rejected an advance for intimacy. All these little things, they do impact our feelings, how did that make you feel? You need to process it by stepping into their shoes sometimes and forgiving them. It's not always about you. Sometimes you got to say, well, my friend didn't call me back. Maybe they're in a bad place at the moment. Maybe they were just too busy or going through their own hard time because of COVID. Or maybe they just lost their job or received some bad news. Whatever the case may be, when you write in that journal and you step into that zone of reflection you start having honest conversations with yourself and you start processing things not from the ego, but from a place of empathy. And it's empathy that allows you to step into other people's shoes. Another example is, did you make a mistake that made you feel like a failure or you felt sheepishly embarrassed? You need to process it by writing down what you learned from that mistake you know one of the most beautiful things I write in my journal every single night is what did I learn in the 8 areas of life today? And the learnings usually comes out of the failures. Like last week I watched the rugby league before dinner. Now I get quite excited when I'm watching the rugby league and I was so pumped up, surging with adrenaline and I went straight from that to sitting down for dinner. Sure enough, I didn't eat properly I got indigestion and I had an energy dip after that and I broke my uh, usual cycle which is I usually do movement and meditation before I eat so I did that paid the price but sure enough in that journal that night I wrote down before I went to bed what are my learnings what are my learnings is don't make that mistake again right don't skip the meditation don't skip the movement don't skip those things that keep you focused on the eight areas of life so if we don't have that conversation with ourselves uh, nightly then the one mistake we made yesterday becomes the second mistake tomorrow and then three mistakes the week after and four mistakes the week after that and then we carry around all these you know luggage of hurt feelings and then as we grow older we become skeptical then we become cynical Then we start drifting aimlessly, not really having a purpose. Now, if this is your first time journaling, for the morning journaling, I said for you to write down what your end goals and dreams are, the top of the mountain stuff, the big picture stuff. Now, if this is your first time journaling at night, then I suggest you go to the front of your journal and just like you listed your goals and dreams in each of the eight areas of life, I want you to devote Some of those first few pages to list everything you are grateful for in the eight areas of life to date, right? Gratitude should be practiced daily, and that's what the right page is for on a daily basis. But early on in your journal, on that right page, list down all the things that you should be grateful for in life. These are the big things, right? So it could be things like, I'm grateful for the safe and secure country that we live in i'm grateful for the abundance of fruit and vegetables i'm grateful for the job i have i'm grateful for the family that i have uh, i'm grateful for the loving partner that i have i'm grateful for my friends notice that i'm listing all the things that i'm grateful for in the eight areas of life but these are the big things that are there present that are universal to your life they're there they're ever present okay The daily gratitude is different. It's whatever happened in the day. This process of listing the big items in the front of your journal and the small items on a daily basis is simple, powerful, and extremely effective. Now, the the other thing we mentioned about nightly journaling is the achievements. And as I said, this is the one important part of the daily ritual of journaling that uh, a lot of people don't know about or have heard little about but i find it even more powerful than gratitude it's a compliment to gratitude but for some people who are overachievers it is actually even more powerful because it's going to surprise you how much you have achieved in your life because we live in this era of overachievement most of us can be too hard on ourselves and fall into the trap of feeling like we are not enough that we do not have enough and that we do not do enough. And the reality is that we have achieved a lot and continue to achieve so much daily. So listing your achievements daily on the right page of your journal reminds you of your self-worth, it builds your confidence and neutralizes the anxiety that lives in the gap between where you are in your life right now and where you want to be. When you list all your achievements for the day and just like you did earlier for gratitude for your life to date it makes you step back into this state of contentment because anxiety we all have goals and dreams but anxiety happens to those people who feel like that they're not enough in the present moment and that their current life sucks and they need to get to that end goal in a hurry and it's that hurry that that sense of haste to get there that creates the anxiety and the best way to neutralize that, as I said, is to list your achievements on a daily basis and at the beginning of your journal, if this is your first time journaling, as I said, to list your achievements in your life to date, your big achievements. It could be that you finished year 12. It could be that you got married. It could be that you have two kids. It could be you have five friends. It could be that you have started a business. It uh, could be the university degree that you got. Look through the eight areas of life and ask yourself, what have I achieved in the tree of health and the tree of love and the tree of family and the tree of work? You're going to surprise yourself how many books you've read, how many people you've met, how many places you've traveled to, the things that you've learned. It's important that you list your achievements in life. Absolutely. Okay, so I've just gone through with you the higher branch method for journaling, It's daily in the morning and in the evening. The left page is for your mind in the morning, for your actions for the day, and the right page is for your heart, and that's reflecting on your feelings for the day. And when you first get your journal, write your goals and dreams for life right at the very beginning. List all your things that you should be grateful for in life, the big-ticket items, And lastly, list all your achievements to date in your life. And then you have the foundation to start writing in your journal daily. And then when you start your daily journaling, it is your daily actions, your daily gratitude and your daily achievements. That's really it as a summary uh, for journaling. Now, as I said at the outset, I know these daily rituals of movement, meditation and journaling, they're tough to stick to. I'm not going to kid you, but I've been doing this for years and has become just second nature. It is part of my daily uh, routine. And that's the point where you need to get to because that is the only way that you can climb higher in life. That is the only way that you can continuously make transformative change in your life transformative change does not happen in an instant it is a process of becoming it's a gradual process but i promise you that journaling to round off those three daily rituals is in the way i just shared with you is the best way i know for you to help you live strategically and live consciously Most people don't realize that they spend up to 85% of their day living in their subconscious in cruise control, thinking, doing, and feeling the same way they did yesterday and the day before that, effectively living in the past. Now, that is fine if this 85% is filled with positive stuff that serves your growth. After all, the subconscious is there as an automation tool for us to do things without thinking. Because it frees up the conscious mind to focus on high impact, high return, high reward activities like creativity, strategy and meaningful connection with your lover, your family, your friends, your work colleagues, your clients. But what if that 85% is filled with a lot of unwanted behavior that just gets repeated without thinking? stuff like procrastinating, eating too much, binge-watching TV, mindlessly scrolling social media, shopping online for stuff you don't need, or picking fights with your family. It is difficult to erase these behaviors, but you can replace them with better behaviors that serve the identity you want to create in the eight areas of life. And those three daily rituals I've shared with you over the last three weeks of movement, followed by meditation, followed by journaling, in the first hour and the last hour of the day, is your foundation. It is your foundation for growth. And next week when I cover the fourth daily ritual, which happens through the day, it's not a morning or a nightly ritual, will help you on your way to making these upgrades, these continuous upgrades with your life. And it rounds off the four daily rituals that will serve the foundation for the five habits and the six life hacks that we will talk about over the next few weeks anyway i hope you've really enjoyed this week's episode of a higher branch and i hope you're enjoying this series and um, don't forget to win a one-on-one coaching session with me send your review to inquiries at a and don't forget to write that review on Spotify or Apple podcasts. And until next time, as always, live consciously, my friends.